Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is presented to you by our friends over at MyBookie. Football is back, and so is winning season at MyBookie. NFL, college football, and a brand new cash-out system give you options to bet and win all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early and use the funds on another bet, or let it ride for the chance at a bigger payday. Use early cash outs as a tool to stay in control of the action at MyBookie. To get started, go to MyBookie.ag now and register an account for free. When you're ready to make your first deposit, just use promo code TSUS to grab a welcome bonus on the house. That's promo code TSUS to claim your deposit bonus and, for a limited time, a free chip to use in the MyBookie Casino. You can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TS. U.S. to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Enthusiasm, Bryce. What's up, man? How you doing? All right, guys. Let's go ahead and start the hour of Monday therapy session. Good God. So, I just want to say this to the fan base, guys. I've been seeing a lot of slap dickery going around with, with people talking about Beamer and the job he did. Guys, it's game one. It is week one. Nine sacks. Yes, that is. Plenty of reasons for concern, but guys, pump the brakes, okay? Maybe there's some way we can find some way to salvage this season. I mean, obviously, something schematically was not working on the offensive line. We can still salvage this season and and have something to hang our our hats on and, and be confident about where we're going going forward. It is not over. We are not going to, we're making a bowl game. We can do possibly better than that. You know, we remember this time last year, Chris, we sat there, we watched that beat down against Florida, and we thought all was lost. And, I mean, yeah, we, we still found a way to salvage the season and do something. I mean, Beamer Ball's about not giving up. Beamer Ball's about fucking win anyways. When, when everything's against you, you, you find a way. And Gangcock Nation just needs to chill out and, and let the process play out. They will find a way. And I just – I want to leave it at that, and, you know, I'll just go from there, you know. Bryce, very well said, my friend, and a message we all need and needed on this Monday. I appreciate you. Go Cox. Go Cox, man. Appreciate it. Great stuff from Bryce. And listen, he's right. He's right. Uh, I think we all had a very similar feeling after – last year's Florida game that there was no hope and that South Carolina, their season was done. And what the Gamecocks did in the following two weeks was some of the most improbable play like we had ever seen, right? None of us ever expected that. I I think the only difference is this. The fact it's a season opener and you spend all off season long being hype and, and getting pumped and for it to culminate with that, just a tough pill to swallow, man. Let's jump to the lines here. Call from uh, Dalton. Dalton, what's up, man? How are you? How's it going, man? I'm just uh, enjoying my day off uh, today. Nice. So, you know, just hanging out, not doing much, much anything. Very good. I'm, I'm doing well, Dalton. I'd be doing better, though, if I took your uh, your Nebraska plus seven pick. We went three and three on the gambling picks this weekend, and we started off with that loss uh, – Minnesota with the cover. So I, I guess I should have taken your should have taken your picks this past weekend, my man. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it was a tough a tough way to lose for, for the Huskers, but, you know, they covered the spread. So mm-hmm. that's really all you can ask for, you know. Indeed, indeed. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I just wanted to call in. And, mm-hmm. and first of all, I wanted to say that you were right about the offensive line. Um, it's obvious from week one that this unit was incredibly inexperienced and needed more time to develop, you know, needed better personnel, obviously. Um, I think, you know, we probably wouldn't have gotten exposed so bad if we had played lesser competition and got a tune-up game. But, you know, you kind of know what the schedule is going into it. And, you know, they were unprepared Mm -hmm. to deal with what what they went out there and, and, and dealt with. So, you know, that being said, it, it's obvious that the offensive line is going to be an issue, you know, going forward this season. But we've also seen Shane Beamer, you know, Shane Beamer develop the team and, and get better as you go out through throughout the season. So, you know, that that's kind of where I'm at with the O-line. The defensive line also looked kind of bad was unable to stop the run uh, again against, you know, a pretty bad rushing team, at least from last year uh, in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, that can get better. I have I have more faith in the personnel we have on the defensive front than we do on the offensive front at this point. But, you know, I, I do think it is fair to uh, put some of the blame on Clayton White because for the last three years, you know, we've ranked outside the top 100 in rushing defense. And playing in this league, you just can't do that and win a whole lot of games. Every team has, you know, big offensive linemen or at least, you know, teams that that uh, are good in the SEC have big offensive linemen and they have a, a good running game. And if you can't stop the run, you're not going to be very good on defense. So. You know, depending on how this season goes, uh, it might not be, you know, unfair to, to question Clayton White um, and his status as the defensive coordinator moving forward. And, and Dalton, to start with that point, the Clayton White thing, um, I mean, I would agree with you. I mean, I, I think we were very candid and open and honest uh, with those conversations in the preseason, just talking about this is a huge year for Clayton White. And, um, you know, we, we, we know the secondary is a strength, right? We, we all expected that. Um, you hope and pray and keep your fingers crossed that Nick even worry won't be dealing with something all that serious because I think you saw the second he went out, right? I mean, there, there's depth issues at the safety position. Like, I, I all do respect B.J. Gibson. It's a reason he's not in the starting lineup. Uh, there's some other guys out there that Keenan Nelson Jr., he had a rough night. Um, so you hope that he comes back quickly. But the secondary is the strength, right, for sure. Yeah, no, he is. Yeah, Keenan Nelson, he's a redshirt freshman. Um, so, but the secondary is the strength. But to your point, it, it's just – it's like the same old, same old, you know, time and time again. And if you can't stop the run and if you can't pressure the quarterback, you're just – you're not going to have a chance to win many ball games. And I think Gamecock fans are kind of fed up, you know, with seeing the same thing over and over and over and over again. So – I'd agree with you, man. I, listen, I, I'd agree with you. If South Carolina finishes outside of the top 100 in rush defense, uh, again, I I would not – I'll just put it to you this way. Am I going to be the leading the charge of calling for Clayton White to be gone? I don't think that I will be, but I wouldn't be opposed 
to doing something different. I, I wouldn't. Um, which brings me back and to I the mean, yeah. Be, go ahead. To be fair to uh, Clayton White, I, I do think you know <clears throat> you look at his his um, you know what what he kind of does throughout a course of the game, and the defense does get a lot better in the second half. But I mean, when you give up you know damn near twenty points in the first half you know, coming out and and doing well in the second half isn't necessarily going to be enough to win all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to come out there and have a good start immediately on defense. And and we just haven't seen that a whole lot, you know, other than than a couple of times where, you know, they have been opportunistic and and generated turnovers very early on in a ball game, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's it's and I and I thought too what you saw, Dalton, was you know th- those turnovers late were great, but I you know I thought what you saw too Saturday, I man, was like South Carolina, and I say they didn't make the big play special teams. I mean that 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 onside kick to start the second half was awesome, but it didn't feel like the Gamecocks got those game changing, game breaking type of. Uh, defensive plays or turnovers or or special team stuff that we've seen in the past and like we talked about it all all summer right like if South Carolina's forced to beat you in in conventional ways like if, a, if, if an opponent forces Carolina to do that can they still win and at baseline just Carolina wasn't good enough I mean flat out really in any facet uh, line of scrimmage being the most obvious one offensively and defensively so but to your point man it's 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 one of those kind of scary things. And, again, I know you got two turnovers. Don't get me wrong. But it's like if they're not producing turnovers, like this defense I feel like has cheated death the last two years because of their ability to force these big turnovers and make some adjustments, which give credit to coaching, give credit to players, what have you. But, like, if you run into a game where those big turnovers aren't coming for some reason, can you still be a good defense? And I think that's something that definitely gives you, gives you some concern moving forward. Yeah, and then as far as the positives, um, I thought Spencer Rattler looked really good. Obviously, his QBR rating would not, you know, indicate that. But but I honestly thought that Spencer Rattler, you know, in a mm-hmm. much, much worse situation, basically outplayed Drake May. And so I think, you know, if you actually watch the game, the whole hype behind Drake May, like he is a good quarterback. But I thought Spencer Rattler – you know, every throw he was making was under duress. And, you know, he was putting balls right on the receivers. And, and you know, Xavier Leggett was going up and getting them. He didn't have as many touchdowns just because, you know, we got those turnovers, get in the red zone, and then we just shoot ourselves in the foot with penalties. You know, he probably would have been able to tie the game up if the offensive line play was better. But, you know, I think our quarterback, situation is is very good and I think you know if he continues to play this way even with a very questionable offensive line he's going to put himself into a you know top three uh draft pick type situation or top you know three rounds uh in the NFL draft Mm -hmm. you know type of situation this offseason yeah Dalton I mean all all things considered Spencer Rattler played a a magnificent game Uh, and like I mentioned earlier the thing that I took away more so was under that duress and pressure he didn't turn the football over that that's what I'm more encouraged about than anything I mean the the yards were cool and the completion percentage but like 
the fact that the decision making, the poise, the you know, not panicking, if you will, and and not feeling like he had to play hero ball and put the ball in bad positions. Like I was really encouraged by that because that's the number one thing that I want to see Spencer Rattler improve on this year is just not turning the football over because I think he's got the ability. You know what I mean? Like I, it's never a question of ability. It's just can he avoid those some of those mistakes that he's run into over the last couple of years? And I thought Saturday was a really, really good sign of that. Um, especially like you mentioned, I mean, just under the rest, it felt like every play. And I mean, dude, I, I, I can count on one hand how many times Spencer Rattler set his feet, read the defense and made a throw. Like he was literally on the run every play. And I think on a side note, one of the things, and you just heard Chris Doring talk about it. One of the things that kind of worries me is you hope what doesn't happen is all of a sudden Spencer Rattler you know, he gets some happy feet back there because he's just – he doesn't trust his offensive line. I mean, he's expecting pressure and expecting to get hit. And, like, you know, you can't blame him for that, but that's something that could really disrupt your timing and affect your offense as well. So, I mean, again, like you mentioned, to the UNC game specifically, all things considered, he he played a pretty beautiful game, in my opinion. Yeah, and then the running back situation, we – you know, you talked about it this offseason. Dak Joyner – I mean, you know, he did the best he could, but but I don't know that you can tell, you know, how good he is as a true running back, you know, in the SEC with an offensive line like that. But, but I would agree that, um, you know, we, we need better personnel at the running back position. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know what's been going wrong with our recruiting, but we need to step it up big time. And, you know, hopefully we can get some guys in the portal because, mm. you know, when you don't have a running game and, and it's a one-dimensional offense, you know, you can make some plays, but you're not going to have, you know, a bunch of consistent con- success doing that. Mm. So, well, and it's like you, you mentioned, know, I, I, it's, it's like you mentioned too, Dalton, like you can make some plays and stack up some yards. And I mean, you look at the Florida game and you look at the South Carolina game, I thought they were actually very similar and like, I'm taking nothing away from Rattler because we just sat here praising him, but it kind of goes to show you that passing yards don't really, that statistic, it doesn't really mean a whole lot because, I mean, anybody can go up and down the field between the 20s, right? But if you can't, when you get in the red zone, right, punch it in and convert, and typically to do that, you need a good running game. Like, that. that's when you, the field shrinks, you buckle down, you're running the football. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, like, the passing yard statistic, I'm just saying, can be a little bit misleading, right? It can be a little bit misleading. And to your point, like the DeCarrion Joyner thing, I like DeCarrion Joyner. I think he's a great athlete. I, I go I go this direction with it. I think it's absolutely unfair that DeCarrion Joyner is being asked to do what he's being asked to do, to, to, to put this team's running game on his shoulders when the guy has never played running back before. Like all things considered – like, he didn't look out of place back there. You know what I mean? Like, he looked like a running back. Um, would Carolina have fared better if, if Marshawn Lloyd was in the backfield? Like, I, I, I'm i not confident in saying that. I, I don't know if there's a running back in America that could have got something going behind that offensive line. You know what I mean? I, I just don't think it's – so, I think it's way too early to tell about the Kevion Joyner's abilities running the football. Like, I think he's a great athlete. But, you know, to your point, it's – 
it's not an ideal position that you're in that you've had to ask the carry-on joiner to fill in. And it's just what we've seen. This is no way, like, I, I, I disagree adamantly with the people that are, like, really coming at Shane Beamer, questioning his status as head coach. I think we can all agree. But the, like, I, I just, I can't believe what has transpired. I think it's, I think it's inexcusable to allow the types of holes that exist on the offensive line and the running back. Like, no SEC team should ever be in this position. No SEC team should ever have to ask someone who has played quarterback and then receiver for three years to be their RB1. Like, that, that to me should just never happen. So, it, it's, it's – I think it's fair to question, like, the roster management. I think it's fair to question the recruiting. I think it's, I think it's fair to question – the operations in the portal, fair to question, uh, you know, where you sit right now with the roster. I, I, I do. So, um, anyways, to your point, I know well, I just kind of rambled there, next, but, yeah. My next question is, like, you know, I know we saw a little bit of Juju McDowell, but, you know, Mario Anderson, uh, what's the point of bringing him in as sort of a veteran, you know, football player? I know it was at the D2 level you know, if you're not going to give him any snaps because, you know, not saying you would have had more success than Dak Joyner did, but I just feel like, you know, the only way to get success in the running back room is, is obviously to, you know, be able to, to actually run block, which which is the biggest issue. Mm-hmm. And then second, rotate your the backs that you have out depending on the situation and it, and it just didn't really feel like they did that they just you know put that joiner in to get a majority of the snaps and you know he he was struggling hmm. yeah I mean I, so, I think I think Dalton you can expect to see more running backs on Saturday against Furman um you know I, I think the I don't know man I, I think they must have went in the North Carolina game and felt like you know what this isn't really the time to experiment and, and play all four running backs. And um, so, you know, I, I think they decided to go, you know, one-two punch of Joyner and Juju. But I, I, I thought we may see some other guys, but that, that, that was not the case. So um, I, I think we will – I think we will – see more of that this weekend. But, I, I you know, listen, when, when it's not working, man, and you're not exhausting all options, I, I understand the frustration. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And I mean, you know, the the last thing I'd like to end with is is uh, you know, we we have a full week of practice. I fully expect for you know the the coaching staff to uh, reevaluate the um, you know, the the offensive line and and maybe you know experiment this this, uh, this Saturday against Furman. There are a lot of people saying, oh, you know we played so bad. You better watch out for Furman. They may beat us. Like, I'm sorry. I I just don't see any way in which, you know, we lose to an FCS team at home. The scoreline may not be as good as what some people want it to be just because, you know, this is a tune up game. We're trying to see what we have, you know, with live bullets on on the field, but I'm sorry. I just, I just don't see us losing this game outright. And I mean, as far as the people complaining about Shane Beamer's presser and, and the viral comments about the chain gang and, and the clock and, and all that kind of stuff, I just think it's it's unfair um, to, to, you know, um, say that Shane Beamer is, is going to be unable to have long-term success because he blames everything on everybody else. I mean, he started out the press conference by saying, it was the coaching staff's fault. You know, we had to coach better. We had to play better. It was a lack of execution. Nothing after a performance like that that the coach is going to say is going to make people feel any better. So, you know, that, that whole thing, the slap dickery on Twitter where, you know, people just are finding clips and sound bites to shit on Shane Beamer, I just think is, is dumb and unfair. And to your point, Dalton, that uh, that clip that you were referring to, that tweet at least, four hundred fifty thousand views on the Bird app, so or on X, excuse me. So people are uh, taking their shots, which is what you can expect after a thirty-one to seventeen loss to UNC. Dalton, I appreciate the call as always, man. Great stuff. Great to hear from you. All right. You have a good one. Yeah, man. Take care. Great stuff from our friend Dalton. I know Dalton went a little bit long there, but it's always good conversation with Dalton, no doubt. Guys, 843-790-3377. We'll keep the convo rolling here on this Monday. Take any questions, comments, calls. Guys, do not forget the TSUS postgame call-in show presented to you by our friends over at A1 Air Quality Services will take place after this weekend's Furman game as well. After every single Gamecocks game, we'll go live. Uh, I can't promise they'll all be an hour and a half like that one on Saturday night was. But uh, when you have the type of result that South Carolina had, I, I think that tends to happen, man. The phone lines were ringing like crazy. So let's jump to the phone lines here. Call from. Right. What's going on, man? How are you? What's going on, Chris? <laughs> Not much. Just hanging out. What's up? So I got a question about next week's game against mm-hmm. Furman. Mm-hmm. So we didn't play Umio Zulu or any of the younger mm-hmm. guys. A lot of our guys this week got banged up. 
do we rest those guys? Do we start the true freshmen to see what they can do? Do you not want to burn their red shit, red shirts, I guess you'd say? But, I mean, I know they have games they can play mm-hmm. to use. So what do we do? So I think, you know, the the main ones are Nick eamon Worry and Juice Wells. I think you sit both of them. Uh, I mean, it's – I mean, listen, if they're 110%, fine. But it feels like one of those things where that's probably not going to be the case, right? Juice Wells dealing with a foot injury that he's had all preseason long. And then uh, Nick eamon Worry. I mean, anytime you're dealing with a hamstring, you want to be really careful of that, right? Um yeah. So I, I would say both those guys will not play, probably should not play. I think if anybody's questionable, they should not play. To your point, man, I think this is truly where you kind of enter the bench and see what you got. I mean, I listen, I think on the offensive line, I mentioned this earlier, and I didn't mince words about it, and I'm not going to this time either. You know, Shane Beamer, they've had a reputation of bringing in these lower-level guys and developing them and getting the most out of them. I feel like – I feel like the offensive line is probably the area that this is the worst idea to do that at. Like it's it, it's like there's such a difference between lower level, this level of playing in the trenches. You got Marquis Anderson, you got Trovon Bow, you got Big Tree Babalade. Like I think this is when you kind of throw them out there and just see what you have. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I see what you have. I think same way defensive line as well. Like. I would play a lot of young guys. You would like to think you're going to beat Furman no matter what. At minimum, the second half should be full of those young guys to see what you have, to get their feet wet. Because, I mean, dude, Shane Beamer told us in the preseason, right? He's like, we're going to be depending on freshmen at every single position. We're a young football team. We have a lot of freshmen. Like, they might have to play more freshmen than even he was planning on doing so because of the struggle. So, I would expect to see that. That's what I would do. Um, will they do that? We'll see. I mean, there's the other, the flip side though, of like, maybe you should play that same starting five on the offensive line and just, you know, hope that this is a game that's a confidence builder and gets them rolling. I mean, I I don't know, you know what I mean? But I would start to get those young guys in there and develop them because if the O-line is going to be porous, I can live with it much more so if it's, if it's very highly talented, true freshmen that are going to be part of the building blocks of your program for years to come. Well, I would just like to see some of these younger guys like you're talking about. I mean, we heard about Pup Howard all year long. I don't even know if he played. And then you have all this offensive linemen with all the struggles they're going through. Why not throw in the young guys with Mm -hmm. fire that actually want to play and see what happens? Yeah, I mean, I'd agree with you, man. I'd agree with you. I I agree with you 110%. this is the time to do it, right? I think Furman, Jacksonville State, you'd like to say Vandy, but, I mean, dude, at this point, I'm not even going to sit here and say that's going to be some beatdown of a game, right? I, I'm not – not right now. Not right now I'm going to say it. So, this is one of those games I think you need to take advantage and, and get your young guys out there and, and, and give them that opportunity like you just mentioned. So, All right, man. Well, appreciate you taking my call, man. Yeah, man. Great stuff. I appreciate you calling in. Really good stuff, guys. 8437903370. Seven, I know our guy Aaron over in Oregon has been trying to call. I see that Oregon area code coming through. You want to keep buzzing the lines. I mean, 843-790-3377. We'll take one more call before the break. Of course, guys, week one of college football concludes tonight. Clemson taking on Duke in Durham. What chance do 
What chance do y'all give the Duke Blue Devils to pull the upset? Let's jump to the phone lines here. Call from Robbie Davis, Zaxby Hall of Famer. Robbie Davis, what's going on, my friend? How are you? Well, aside from the horrific game Saturday night, I'm doing fantastic on this uh, Monday. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic, my friend. I appreciate you asking. What's going on? Okay. I kept up with the stats every time they showed them on TV, okay? Mm -hmm. And Rattler played his absolute butt off, okay? And like one of the callers, and like you, and like one of the callers said, right? If I remember correctly, people are they, they need to stop putting this on Rattler, okay? If it's on anybody, it's on the defensive and offensive line coaches to why we got beat Saturday night. Hmm. It's on the coaching staff as a whole, as a matter of fact. Scratch that. It's on this coach. It's on this coaching staff as a whole. You've had over a month to get these guys ready to play North Carolina and you play like this. I saw better offensive and defensive line play when I went to the Charleston Southern and North Greenville game on both sides of the ball for both teams. <laughs> yeah, it was ugly, Robbie. It was ugly. Nine sacks, minus two rushing yards when you factor in, uh, you know, the sack yardage, it was it was ugly. It was ugly. There's no doubt. I mean, it's – I mean, I, I knew that, uh, you know, offensive line play would probably be a deficiency this year, could be a problem, what have you. But I, I never saw – I never saw that coming. I, I just – I never saw that coming. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if there's ever a time for you to get your act together, it's this week. And if I was, if I was the offensive line coach, I don't know who it is, but if I was the offensive line coach, I'm like, every offensive and defensive line, I'd be like, your your jobs are at stake here. You starters, at this point, you're you're not starting. We're gonna find out who wants to be here, who wants to play some football and win some freaking games. Because I am, I, I do not, I, I do not want another situation like what happened this past week. Yeah, I mean, you, you like listen. You'd like to think you could push Furman around, but at this point, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I know you got a couple, couple of those FCF guy, FCS guys on your offensive line. Maybe you know, playing an FCS team will will channel their right. their 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 talent and their skill, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's you know, it's also well, like you said. I noticed. Also, like you said, I noticed that that Spencer Rattler was was very. He didn't try to overdo it. He took the check down when it was there. I don't know why on God's green earth he took the check down on a fourth and like twenty something. What were you thinking? Besides that, he played a pretty darn good football game. Okay. But you and like I said in the off season, a vehicle does not go anywhere without the engine, and the offensive line is the engine, and the engine did not help us any. I mean, Robbie, per your call a couple of weeks ago, man, it sounds like playing offensive line is pretty easy, but it didn't look easy Saturday night. I think I think what happened is they try. I think the blocking scheme was not working. Personally, if it was me, I'd be like, just put a hat on a hat. 
find somebody in a different uniform and knock them on their ass. Screw blocking schemes. Just find somebody to block and put them on their ass at this point. Indeed. I love it. Hey, somebody get the message to Lonnie Teasley and Shane Beamer. And real quick, shout out to Noah Johns because yesterday was his birthday, so shout out to him. Shout out to Noah so Johns. If you're indeed. listening, shout out to you, my friend. But um, I will, I will, I will be at the game this weekend, and I will cheer my lungs out if I have to. I'll leave the game horse if I have to. I don't care. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and help the boys beat the dog mess out of Furman this week when I go into Willie B this weekend. Give them hell, Robbie. They'll need you. They're going to need Personally, you. Personally, I would try to put up 90 if I was if I was South Carolina. Take out the frustrations on Furman and beat the shit out of them. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and get off of here. You have a great rest of your day. Go Gamecocks and go Blue Devils, baby. Go Blue Devils. Go Dukes. Well said as always, Robbie. I appreciate you. You too, buddy. Great stuff, man. Yeah, we'll talk soon. The Spurs Up show is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate the game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. The Spurs Up Show is also brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app or head over to GameTime.co and use the promo code Spurs up for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's promo code Spurs up, S P or S U P, for $20 off your first purchase. Game time is the best ticket buying app available that removes all the stress of the ticket buying process. They have things like images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Guys, you can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps and you're set. And also tickets, they're sent directly to your phone. So no more scrambling, searching through your email, trying to find the tickets you just bought. Whether it be the Gamecocks, a concert, a comedy club event, you name it, whatever the event is, buying tickets shouldn't be stressful. And Game Time is the way to go. Again, that's our friends at Game Time. Go download the Game Time app or go to GameTime.co. And when you do, Create an account and use promo code SPURSUP. That's S-P or S-U-P for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price. 
guaranteed. Philip Harris says, I think the quick slants and dump off stunted Clayton and it didn't adjust accordingly. Edge play is clearly a problem as well right now, but all of our issues we knew coming into the season. No doubt, Edge is a major, major, major concern. Um, spur your enthusiasm. Or let's see. Let, let's go back a couple. Spur your enthusiasm. This, this could easily be the game we look back on like, damn, if we just could have won that game, we'd have been in the playoffs. He says this team is talented enough offensively from a skill position standpoint that if we can find a way to give Spencer Rattler time, we can turn around everything from your lips to God's ears, my friend. Let's jump to the lines. Sean. Sean, what's going on, man? How are you? Good, man. How you doing today, Chris? I'm doing fantastic. I appreciate you asking. What's up? Uh, well, I left your voicemails disregarded. I got a little wild on it. But, hey, man, uh, I just wanted to call in. I had a few things. So, the first thing was, even as atrocious as the game was, um, I noticed leading up to the game and throughout the game, ESPN did nothing but gargle Drake May's balls. And, you know, like you talked about, the stat line, they might not be, you know, it doesn't mean everything because, you know, Spencer Rattler threw no touchdowns, but he also threw no interceptions and threw for 353. Drake May threw two interceptions. And, um, that was when the defense was able to get pressure on him. But I was just curious what you thought about that, the uh, nonstop gargling of May's balls and no one even tickling Spencer Rattler. Uh, <laughs> but also, another thing was, I remember calling in about a month ago talking about, you know what, it feels like it's an upset year for Georgia. And while it might seem absolutely crazy, if the offensive line can limit to like maybe five sacks instead of nine, hey, dude. It might be a chance. We saw a slow start for Georgia against the Cupcake. And uh, I don't know. I think it's still out there. And then the last thing was, I typically don't get on social media. But yesterday, I was doing nothing but doom and gloom. Season's over. We're absolutely fucked. And for some reason, I made the poor decision to go to X or Twitter or whatever. And I noticed there's a ton of people out there who are shitting on Shane Beamer and using this little clip of him talking about the chain gang. And I just want to know what you think. Like, what is, why is everyone panicking and freaking out on Shane Bieber? Is it just because they hate it? Because he's such a happy guy? Or what's going on? But anyways, man, appreciate what you're doing. I loved the call-in show the other night. And don't forget, it's the biggest week of the year. Beat Furman, baby. Go cock! Hey, Steve, you're the man. I appreciate it. Great stuff from Steve. Let, let's let's break down that entire call. Um, first off, why, why is Shane Beamer catching so much heat and so much hatred on social media? I mean, I, I, listen, I think when you have a guy, you, you've seen it happen with Clemson and Dabo. When, when you've got a coach that is so, you know, Shane Beamer wears his heart on his sleeve. He's, he's very emotional, right? And he, that's after both wins, and defeat. And so when you have a guy like Shane Beamer who is who is so emotional is is so charismatic and I I just he's a guy I think that that that's sort of I mean it's going to be like if, if Dion if and when Dion take or you know takes his first big L, right? Like he has this this charismatic type of nature that just sort of that sort of sort of attracts it and you know I, I think people 
you know, I, I'll say this specifically about the chain gang thing. And I know it's blasphemous to be a Gamecock and, and say even a, a single critical word of, of Shane Beamer. I like Coach Beamer a lot, but guys, I talked about this week, weeks ago. Like, the way I'm curious to see his evolution with the media because he still, to this point, gets far too emotional. And he still, to this point, takes unnecessary shots and says more than he should at times. Like, say what you want, but, like, complaining like that and throwing a shot at the chain gang for some reason in the postgame, it's just not necessary, man. It's it's not necessary. Like, this, this tone of pouting after you lose, it's just, like... He's a great winner. Like, Shane Beamer is a great winner. After South Carolina wins, it's awesome. Like, nobody's better with the media in the postgame than he is. But after they lose, after he loses, I think there could be improvement. That's, that's all I'm saying. That, that's all I'm saying. And so I think Shane Beamer, that, that's why he catches so much heat is, is because, you know, he's so charismatic and, and so over the top after South Carolina wins with some of the things he says and – and some of the ways he acts, but he just, he has this edge about him with the media and just has a really shitty attitude after things do not go well, and and it's got to be fixed. I I just, I think it would benefit Shane Beamer a lot to change his tune, to change his attitude, to not take unnecessary shots at folks. I mean, guys, We've seen it time and time again. He loves to go at the media. This guy reads. He reads Twitter. He we, he reads message boards like nonstop. He knows what everybody is saying. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if tomorrow, like I'm fully expecting Shane Beamer to take that podium tomorrow and say doom and gloom, find some joy, whatever. Like, no, just shut up and go win a game. Like, like enough, dude. Like, stop coming at fans for being fans. Stop. You know, stop, stop going after people that there's no, it does not help you as a head coach to bitch about the chain gang in the postgame when you just got your ass kicked. It doesn't help. So I'm not throwing shade at Shane Beamer or saying that he should be getting, you know, take taken, that he should be getting thrown through the ringer as much as he is on social media. But I get why people are doing it, guys, because a Gamecock fan, you're a hypocrite. And South Carolina fans will be doing the same thing to Dabo Sweeney if the roles reversed. If Dabo Sweeney loses to Duke tonight and he comes out in the postgame and says the chain gang this, bro, Carolina fans would have a field day, a field day with Dabo Sweeney. So I get it, man. Um, To his other point about beating Georgia, God bless you. From your lips to God's ears, I hope it happens. Uh, Again, I think you're reading way too far into Georgia, quote-unquote, starting slow against a against a cupcake. I mean, South Carolina is probably a 27.5-point underdog against Georgia. I, I'd, I'd be willing to bet you right now that's probably where the spread sits. Probably where the spread sits. Guys, phone line's back open, by the way, 43790. Three three seven seven, um, and then finally, I, I honestly forget his first point. Oh, the Spencer Rattler Drake May thing. I mean, I definitely think 
may caught more attention and more love in that quarterback battle than Spencer Rattler did. Um, that's just kind of what happens when you're Drake May and you're a you know preseason top five projected quarterback in the NFL. And you know, it's it's we talked about this, guys. It's no surprise that Drake May was viewed more positively nationally than Spencer Rattler. Justin. Justin, what's going on, man? How are you? Doing good, Chris. Hey, Chris. Um, hey, man. Just yesterday, this one, man, Chris, I was pissed off this yesterday, man. Yeah. I mean, we. I'm still pissed today, man. I think uh, we all have a right to be. Yeah. And, Chris, let me tell you about Shane Beal. Uh, let me tell you, man. He said – here's something funny about Shane Beal, Chris. Hey, um, do you have that – did we try to move him? No, the referee's in hot dog. That was kind of sad. Are you kidding? Chris Pestman would be a police. Uh, indeed. No, indeed. It was a tough one, Justin, but I think the boys will rebound and, and, and you know, Furman coming up. I think that's exactly what the doctor ordered, Justin. I appreciate the call. We're going to keep it moving. A lot of calls oh, coming in. Tommy. Here we go. Tommy, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, Chris. How we doing, brother? I'm doing fantastic, man. I appreciate you asking. What's going on? Ah, you know, I'm just trying to recover this loss, you know. How – I was just calling to let – see, how do we allow, what, nine sacks against a weak UNC? How are we going to be able to stop Furman? Yeah, I have uh, – you know, how are we going to stop Furman? Thankfully, I don't think Furman's quite to the talent level that uh, right. a North Carolina is. But, no, listen, man, it, it's – you know, especially – I think especially, man, like – it hurts worse because, you know, if we were coming into week one and, and folks and Gamecock Nation, I felt like was actually giving North Carolina credit and, and taking them seriously. I mean, I'm, I'm getting I'm getting cooked by my own fan base for even just acknowledging that maybe this will be a tough game and that North Carolina could have improved defensively or they could have improved. I'm getting wrecked by Gamecock Nation. And so maybe if there wasn't this delusion and this crazy optimism that South Carolina was going to win – 49 to 14 or 47 to 29 that that it was going to be a walk in the park if there wasn't that then maybe it'd be an easier pill to swallow getting your teeth kicked in by North Carolina but that's what makes it sting even more man is there were so many people in this fan base thought it was just going to be a walk in the park UNC sucked and it's like well if UNC sucks then what is South Carolina at this point like if everything the fan base uh, said was true at this point right exactly so I I just that's what made it, I feel like, even worse is the – you disrespected your opponent. You disrespected your opponent for weeks and weeks and weeks. And so now it's like, well, where do you go now? Like, what, like what is there to say now? You know what I mean? So. I don't I don't think we have a shot in hell defending Georgia. I don't think – I think they're going to come – we're going to go in and they're going to kick our damn ass. I think that's where we're at. And I'm just ready for damn baseball season at this point. <laughs> I hear you, man. I hear you. I hear you, indeed. Hey, one last thing, Chris. Mm -hmm. Can you uh, can you give my sister Candace a shout out for her birthday, please? Yeah, Candace, happy birthday! Absolutely, go Cox. Yeah, Candace, and... dick fit in your mouth. <laughs> I love it. Hey, right, see you, Chris. You got me. Thank you, Tommy. Appreciate it. Tommy got me. Tommy got me. The Candace joke, a classic, a classic. Uh, let's see. Austin Gregory, 0 for 15 on the YouTube comments today. Dude, we're, the comments are going crazy. I don't, e I don't even see your comment. Damn, Tommy got me with the Candace joke. I feel like if you're doing this long enough, that, that, 
That's going to happen. Uh, let's open up back up the phone lines, guys. 843-790-3377. Let's try to get to some of, again, lots of comments rolling in. Jeff Madison, Beamer needs to look at the mirror and say the offensive line sucks because I recruited the players. Call let's shut the lines here. Aaron. Aaron, what's going on, my friend? Apologies for taking so long to get to your call. What's going on? Ain't no big deal, man. I know. Listen, I want to say congratulations because I tried to get in after the game, and you had like eleven hundred people watching the stream. <laughs> you deserve it, man. You put in your work every freaking. You know, you do your thing every day. But uh, I just wanted to call. I, you know, I was in Salt Lake City, and I saw that beat down too. Salt Lake City ain't a half bad town. You got a lot mm. of talent there. Yeah. And when you are like <laughs> six five two seventy, you get a lot of looks. Mm. But Indeed. Uh, I was going to say, uh, I just, I mean, anybody who, anybody who knows anything about football, right? When you're deficient on the offensive line, defensive line, uh, you got no running game. It's, it makes for it makes for a long season, okay. I think Spencer Rattler. I think is Spencer Rattler. I think is the best quarterback, talent wise, to ever play at the University of South Carolina. Hmm. Can, he, can he? Can he not get frustrated with the state of the offensive line and the running game and the offensive game plan being one dimensional? I I expect him to step up in in a week. Week two, of course, it's against Furman. And I think the Georgia and the Tennessee game are really going to be telling. And uh, I wrote this in the uh, in the uh, chat. This is a couple weeks ago. But any team with a decent running game, any team with a decent – any team with a decent uh, defensive line is going to give – this team a world of issues. It's mm-hmm. going to give them a, a like a ton of problems. I, outside looking in, I don't know if uh, I don't know if North Carolina is that talented defensively. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could we have to read we have to research it. I know Chiswick is a I wouldn't say upper echelon defensive coordinator, but he's a, a good one. I, I just don't know if that defensive line is all that great. And the defensive lines are only going to get better coming through. Of course, you got Georgia. Of course, you got Tennessee. Texas A&M is going to be uh, – is going to give it a, a world of trouble. Clemson is going to give it a world of trouble. But that's the – if you keep saying that, that's saying that the offensive line won't improve when you know you know they will. It's gonna take. It's just gonna take reps and reps and, and game time and recognition. They like they always improve. So we'll just see what's going on. I I just don't. I all I heard all these people talking about nine nine wins and yeah, if they get the six, like that should be that should be a. A thumbs up for for Beamer. Mm-hmm. But we'll yeah. see, man. That's why we talk about it and they play. 
No, Aaron, I mean, I, I agree with you. And listen, I posed it right after the game that how does this loss reset expectations? And I think for for a lot of us and those of us that had realistic expectations for the season, for example, I mean, I picked seven and five. And I think South Carolina, you know, I, I thought that the Gamecocks, UNC was 50-50. And I thought of UNC and Mississippi State, South Carolina would lose one. They would not lose both. So – we shall see if that is the case. I'd like to think that will be the case. I think seven wins, it's possible that it's still attainable, but I think you're absolutely right, Aaron. I mean, if you're if you're one of those that Garnet Goggles fanatical was picking nine and three, ten and two, uh, Saturday night, you got bitch slapped with some truth serum. And uh, you need to look in the mirror and realize that Carolina football is not what you think it is or what you thought it was coming in this season. That's just flat out at this point. Uh, nothing less than a bowl game is acceptable, but this is not a nine or 10 win team by any stretch. This is a program that's still building under Shane Beamer. We tried to preach all preseason long that success, it's not linear growth. And after, you know, basically the ball bouncing your way at every turn in year one and winning seven and every way in year two and winning eight, you can see, and it's only one game. It's only one game. But it was not going to shock me if there was a step back in regards to total wins, because at some point, that lucky horseshoe got shoved up your rear end or, you know, the luck of the Irish, whatever your bank, it runs out. Eventually it runs out and there's nowhere to run. There's nowhere to hide in the SEC. So I think South Carolina could still get to seven. My best case scenario in the preseason was eight wins. I think it would take a massive turnaround. Is it possible? Eight wins is absolutely possible. But I think more so realistically, the priority right now is just making sure you get to another bowl game. That's the priority. Anything beyond that, in my mind is gravy at this point. I just don't. I just don't know. Like they aren't talented on either line, and uh, I mean Huntley's not Huntley, the Hemingway boy. His whole family, as far as I, like you know, I played sport. I played basketball in, in Columbia, and you've heard about the Hemingway family, and I mm-hmm. think they're in Hemingway, close to the beach. That Hemingway boy, just his last name makes him good. I, I bet that he was good at everything mm-hmm. because they, their whole family since the freaking mid-90s have, have been good. Mm-hmm. But they're deficient on both lines. And uh, just think about every team you, that you've ever seen play football ever. With that, When you're deficient on both lines, you don't have a running back. <laughs> Spencer Rattler is, is great, but is he going to get frustrated? Is is he going to get frustrated with the state of the offense and try to go full gunslinger? That's going to be mm-hmm. that's going to be the, if he can settle down and just listen. I'm going to take what the defense gives gives me. I'm not going to take as many chances, and if I do take chances, you know, I'm a I'm going to take my chances with Wells mm-hmm. or Leggett. And uh, just to say this, uh, B Mac told me two years ago. He personally told me that that Leggett was a, a freaking monster. He showed, well, one game, he showed that he's, he could be off the chain. Hmm. But, yeah, is he going to step up? Can he take what the defense gives him? Can he can he quell his frustration and just play football? Hmm. And that's going to be a lot to ask if that, if that offensive line really doesn't improve. Hmm. Now, let's say they go – if they go youth movement – you know there are going to be some headaches. But I, I expect after halfway point, I expect the offensive line to be a little better. That defensive line, though, is 
it's going to give them it's going to give this team trouble mm. because they can't get any pressure at all and i'm not sure i'm not sure if north carolina's offensive line is that good mm. we'll see i'm going to let you get some other people calling man Aaron, to the man, well said as always, man. I appreciate you. Looking forward to chatting with you all season. All right, man. Hey, congratulations, man, because a 1,000 people in a live stream after a game is a ton of people. Mm. Do your thing, bro. I appreciate you, man. You the man. Take care. Great stuff from our guy, Aaron, 843-790-3377. Guys, I'm going to do this for you. We're not even going to jump into one final break. We'll keep it rolling because we got a lot of folks trying to call in right now. Um, y'all want to keep it coming, keep it rocking. We won't jump into the break. And a lot of questions to get into as well. You guys have left so many YouTube questions. Guys, this is why you want to join the Big Cock Club, though. Patreon.com slash Big Cock Club or click the link in bio to join the Big Cock Club and get in the Discord. If you want your questions answered, my guy Austin Gregory, for example, leave them in the Discord. That's why we have a TDC Questions channel so I can see your questions separated from the YouTube stuff. Let's jump to the full lines here. Call from what? Wes, what's up, man? You're on the air. What's up, man? Uh, I think I'm just as disappointed as everybody else is. Uh, aside from that, I, I don't think there's there's something that no one else is talking about that I have been scared of for the past few weeks before this season even kicked off. One of our biggest trap games, 100% in my mind, is having Mississippi State sandwiched in between Georgia and Tennessee on the road. That that Their defensive line is full of seniors. Mm-hmm. And besides the Kentucky game before Clemson, which I think we could handle that and get it done, that Mississippi State defensive front might do worse to us than North Carolina could have done if we had nobody on the line. Mm-hmm. So I really wanted to get like your thoughts on that Mississippi State matchup and if you think that, like, if we perform decently better against Georgia, if we have a shot against Mississippi State, because everyone's writing Mississippi State off, mm-hmm. and I've been quietly paying attention to them, and they are sneaking around. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to see what you thought about that game coming up. Well, ironically enough, man, you bring that up. I mean, I, I don't know if you saw this. I picked that as a loss in the preseason. So I, I, I'm way ahead of you in the sense of, yeah, I don't think that's going to be a walk in the park by any stretch. And I, I agree with you with the whole trap game perspective. I I don't know if that will apply quite as much anymore because, you know, that Mississippi State game, you know, you hate to overuse the term must win. But I, I tell you, man, if you don't win that game, your season's going sideways in a hurry. Because, you know, not to – Take the dramatics out of my prediction, but you guys know I'm not going to pick the Furman upset this weekend, right? So you're you're going to beat Furman. You're going to lose to Georgia. So you're one and two, man. If you lose to Mississippi State, I'm not joking. I think you're staring a four win season in the face, like I, I five win season maybe. Like that's a game you have to have. And I, dude, I, admittedly, I looked at Mississippi State in the preseason and and UNC and like the reason I picked the you know the way I looked at those two games was this because I picked both of those as wins. But I – or excuse me, I I picked – excuse me, I I picked Mississippi State as a loss, UNC as a win. reason I did that was I viewed Mississippi State as North Carolina with a better line of scrimmage. If they've got a better line of scrimmage, right? And by all accounts, like, they should. I I mean, 
They've got veteran dudes in the trenches offensively, defensively. They got a, they've got a comparable quarterback to Drake May and Will Rogers down there in Starkville. They've got a fantastic running back. They ran for over 200 that in game one. They're going to run. They're going to run the football. So, you know, I'll just say this about that game, though. What I first thought of as being a, 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 a sleeper game, a, a game, a trap game, if you will, I could see that now being the game where South Carolina backs against the wall, right? You get beat down by Georgia. Everybody's writing the season off. And, and South Carolina does what they've done the first two years of Shane Beamer, which is it just seems like when this team – is down and out, and they're counted out, and they're big underdogs, and, and everything's against them, and if the adversity strikes, they play their best. So it would not stun yeah, me if that happened, and we, like we we got a long way to go until that. I mean, tell me whether Juice Wells is playing or not. Tell me if Nicky Minwari is right. playing. Like, a, a lot of those things will factor in. But, um, you know, if, if this – I'll tell you this, too. If this South Carolina team is sleeping on anyone in, in any game, they're not taken as serious as a trap game – that's a problem in itself, man, because this team is not good enough to yeah. sleep on anybody. That's true. And it seems like every season we have a game where we shouldn't win it, and we do, and a game we shouldn't lose, and we lose it. And that that's always been crazy to me. But my only other question is, do you think we need some black magic this year? Because Beamer has yet to let us get some black jerseys, and me and my buddies are getting frustrated that we ain't got no mm. drip. I would love to see that. I I, and I know and the on the on the – on the other note of that, I know nobody wants to talk about it, but those helmets on Saturday were atrocious. I, I just we were we were doomed for the start, my guy. Hey, I appreciate you calling in, man. Let's hope for some black magic. Maybe this uh maybe this upcoming Saturday. Who knows? Uh, appreciate you. Let's jump to another call here. Cole, what's going on? How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I appreciate you asking. What's up? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's I think that's something too that maybe folks aren't accounting for is like you know there there were UNC had just as many missed opportunities as, as South Carolina did. Um, when you think early, a couple fourth downs they went for it, and um, yeah, it, it was just I mean, dude, it was an ugly, abysmal performance all the way around, and and unfortunately, I think there's a lot of things that you look at that game and you take away, and it's, it's are they going to be fixed? Can they be fixed? I mean, a team's greatest improvements week one to week two, but th there are some things that are, you know, a cause for concern. There's just no other way to put it. Yeah. And I also want to say, um, I listened to the show from yesterday, and there was a lot of heat on Hoggins and that play call on the fourth down. Mm -hmm. First of all, just kick the daggone field goal. Second of all, when you look back at the play, that was a check down pass. They had men uh, pretty much on the goal line down there, and they were covered up. So you can't really put that on logins. I mean, yeah, we had men down there, but they just, you know, Rattler checked it down. So I'm not taking up for the guy. I'm just 
calling that LSU. No, I mean, I, I think that ball's got to be just thrown to the end zone. It's just, I, you know, I know they're covered, but it's fourth and 19, dude. Like, what, what, you know, <laughs> I mean, you got to score there. Like, yeah. what, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, maybe it's unfair to say like the play call wasn't good. Maybe just the execution was not good because, again, yeah. you, you want to complete the pass, but you want to get the first down. So, Down or yeah. Play, right? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. So he definitely yeah. should have chucked it down there instead of getting his chick for mm-hmm. yards or whatever. Yeah. Whole crowd. So. I don't know, man. It was. Uh, I get the O line taking heat, but it was just damn ugly all over. The secondary was terrible. I know you lost Keenan Worthy, but it was. There were they were shooting holes in us left and right, man. Mm. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Indeed, yeah, tough one, man. A A tough way to open this season, for sure. Tough way to open this season, for sure. Yeah. On to the next one. Yeah. Indeed. Hey, Furman coming up. Just what the doctor ordered for this group, I think. So, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. All right. Take it easy, man. So, all right, brother. Hey, I appreciate the call. Thank you so much. Great stuff again, guys. Thank you all so much for calling in on this Labor Day. A lot of folks are chiming in on Labor Day, and uh, y'all could be out there doing anything, and y'all are hanging out with us. And, again, I truly do appreciate it. Again, 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. Three, seven, seven. Let's see. Um, guys, again, joining the Big Cock Club is the way to go if you want to make sure your questions are answered because we have so many in the YouTube chat that it is hard to get to them all, to be totally honest with you. Um, let's see. Big Wash, the fan base got fumble, or humbled this weekend. That's all to y'all. That's all to it, y'all underestimated UNC's abilities. Ryan Miller, South Carolina better step it up. No one wants to pay to watch a team play like crap and lose. Yeah, I, I wonder what the home atmosphere is going to look like this weekend. I, I just, admittedly, I, I wonder, I mean, it's, the season's, listen, the season's not over, okay? The season's not far from over. There, there is a lot of football to be played and South Carolina can make strides and improve, and absolutely it can happen. Absolutely it can happen, right? But it is concerning what we saw, and 
as I mentioned, the offensive line stuff, like, I, I just don't know how much can be fixed. I mean, it can't be any worse. So it can be better for sure. But, you know, I, I just, that's, that's, there's no tougher way to start the year. You know what I mean? Like, th- there's been nothing but talking about the last three games last year and the win over Clemson and Rattler against Tennessee and, and people's dreams and hopes and expectations running wild of, Winning ten games or eleven games, and again, if you're in that, if you're in that, uh, if you're in that crew, you know there's a lot of ten and two folks out there that again got the the bitch slap of reality of hey, this is this is this is not uh, not what you thought it was. Put it that way. So reality comes either way, and uh, you have to either accept it or you know or get hit by it. So. Mantis says, what is there to look forward to this year? It feels like it's a mentality of just get us to 2024, see what the freshman this year, and next year plus the portal can do. I mean, again, we're, we're through one game, Mantis. we got a lot of football left. You look at the issues on this football. I mean, I think the mentality is win as many as you can. I mean, bottom line, it's, it's, it's win as many as you can and, you know, try to make strides in the line of scrimmage. And, and you know, success is not linear, right? Success is not. It's not all just judged based off of how many wins you get, but I just I can't I cannot picture many worse ways to lose than the way you did. I, I mean, really, like you you got obliterated. Like it, it just and nobody wants to hear it. I told you guys after the game took place that unfortunately, whether you like it, dislike it, which we all hate it, the Beamer and Muschamp comparisons that is that combo's only heating up at this point. And that final result on Saturday night, it felt very much champish. It did. It did. Pissing down your leg in a big moment, uh, you know, crapping yourself on national TV and playing your worst, that felt like a very much champish result. That, that's, again, I'm not telling you that Beamer and Muschamp are the same person. They are far from it. But that result, the way South Carolina played, that's what it felt like. That's what it felt like. So, a lot of season to be played. Uh, you can turn it around. You can fix some things, and, and there will be adjustments made for sure. And now you've got tape to look at. And but I, I just, I still, guys, look back at Saturday, and I think to myself, I just don't know how South Carolina could have gotten dominated to that degree by a UNC team that I think is a very good team. I don't think they got enough credit from South Carolina fans, but like. By all accounts, they were not great on the line of scrimmage last year. And they took you to the woodshed, start to finish, start to finish. So, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's That's why they call it Therapy Monday. Therapy Monday here on this Monday. <clears throat> so, that's why uh, Spur Your Enthusiasm, 10-2 and two ain't dead, Chris. You know, Spur Your Enthusiasm, that's, that's what makes you awesome and, and makes you great and I, I just I'll leave it at that, man. Bryce, I, I could never. I guess you and I are not wired the same, my guy. I just I could never. You got more optimism than me. So is what it is. Um guys, we're about to hit three o'clock. Again, make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube, hit that bell icon so you get notifications of when we go live and when we drop new video content. Also, be sure to hit the subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, where we get your podcast. We drop the podcast every single day at 5 p.m. Eastern, so be sure to check us out there. Guys, in the meantime, appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. Happy Labor Day to you all. Thank you all for tuning in, and we will talk to you all on Tuesday.
Tuesday.